Okay. You guys ready? Yes. Um, what did we talk about last week? You almost all of were here. I was absent. You get an excuse. What did we talk about last week? I was absent. Reading our Bible. Yep, good. Did we? my Bible. Did we? Did we? We did. Every day? We did every day. Yeah, Chase? Sorry. Don't apologize to me. Oh! Ooh, funny Jesus, Jesus. 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 <laughs> we were talking about, um, that was oh, terrible, Chase. What else? We're, we're talking, was it, I remember what the meant. I can't remember if it was me and Milford. Huh? No, that was good. English? No, it's different. English, 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 you know, what's the saying? You remember a sermon. You always say. If it was a good sermon, you remember it for what? If it was a bad sermon, you forget it by the time you walk out the door. If it was an incredible sermon, you remember it for a lifetime. week. No, a lifetime. There's some things that you guys remember from a lifetime. I guess we don't remember the... Yeah. But we didn't cover all of them. You covered a lot. Or we covered you co- we covered no, we verse freaking verse ten. We covered all the way to eleven or twelve. Yeah, that's we, quite a bit. No. Yeah. Out of how many? Um, oh, out of freaking forty-eight. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are all labeled differently. Those are the beatitudes. Yeah, but the entire chapter five. Listen, the introduction paragraph itself is called the beatitudes. Right. Mm. Beatitudes number two is called salt and light. Well, yeah. We'll see what we're talking about tonight. Christ came to Sermon pending. Come on, what do we talk about? You guys didn't take notes or what? I, I would have loved to take. Notes. I know. <laughs> it's online. Maybe you could take notes then and report back to me. Well, I guess I have to look online. Yeah, and Blake, you listen to it. You're not out of this. Yeah, I listen to it while I was working. I don't care. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yes. What's verse 10 say? Oh, we're not going to use it again. I'm the only one that's chimed in here. Yes, you got to memorize now, huh? Yeah. 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 Said you got to memorize. It's awesome. Only three times. Okay. What does verse 1 say? What does verse 10 say? Three. Say. I will read my Bible. Every day. Oh, okay. And then who was it that was here? Okay. Yeah, it was your friend Caleb. It was like, like a chant. And I was like, yeah, just like that. And he was like, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cold. Yeah. Coolest but cold ever. Pretty rad cold. I'm so proud of you. For a cold. I'm in. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not in the podcast, is it? No. But, like, seriously. It's the way church is supposed to be, right here. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not supposed to be Well, but this is the way church is supposed to be. Not. Do you guys understand that? Yeah. The way church is... Hey, I've got a question for you. 
Have you been to the home and it's looked the same two times in a row? Mm -hmm. Almost. Almost. Do you mean like the scenery? <laughs> no, like what we, the worship, oh. the ministry time, the sermon, all of it. Has it ever been the same? No. It's never been the same. I've been doing this almost three years now. It's never been the same. Why? Anybody know why? It's not because we're trying to be edgy. Yes, because the Lord's meeting it, leading it, not meeting it, leading it. The Lord is leading this thing. Yes? You guys understand the value of that? It's not like this is some production that we're putting on and saying, cool, I went to church today. That's not what we do here, right? Our worship is longer than some church's services. Yes? Yes? Yeah. My sermons are longer than most churches. <laughs> Madison's pissed at me. I'm just telling you the truth. Why should I be ashamed of that? Tell me. Why should I be ashamed of it? I shouldn't. Because we're doing right by the Lord. Yes? I don't need to muffle things. I really don't. We're doing right by the Lord. This is the Lord's meeting. And it will always be that way. It will always be that way. And if it turns into not the Lord's meeting, man, I better be dead. Right? I, I better be dead. I'm not ashamed of this. If the Holy Spirit is leading these meetings, then it will always look different. Correct? Yeah. Should. Yeah, it better. It better. Or else we're doing it wrong. I believe that. I'll put my life, I, I will preach that until the day I die. Honestly, until the Lord, if the Lord corrects me on that, then I'll adjust. But I don't think He's going to. He wants to continue leading His bride. Yes? That's what we are. That's all. Game, set, and match. I don't need to be ashamed of this. Okay? I want to talk about... What do I... What do I... Let's just see where we end up today. Turn to Matthew 5. Verse, verse 13. When you're there, say Madison. Madison. Nice. Everybody seriously, when you're there, say Madison. Madison. Heck yeah. Where are we all saying Madison? Madison. That's, that's the way I know you're there. Madison. Thank you. Verse 13. Ready? You are salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's a question. Answer it. Don't, don't keep reading. Stop. Stop reading. I'm not reading. I'm just trying to... I do that. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall it regain it? Can't. It's impossible. Or chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> MSG. <laughs> isn't, that the, isn't that the thing in food? MSG? Yeah. Neither am I. I'm trying to think of what... Sorry, I read all. What is MSG? Don't do this. Hey, 
How can it be restored? It can't. It can't. Yeah, it can't. It's lost its purpose. Do you understand that? If we are called salt and light and we lose our purpose, what do we do? We've got to rebuild. Correct? We've got to re-nurture ourselves. We've got to reroute. We've got to get back on track. Because it says, it continues on in verse 14, it says, it's no longer good for anything. Right? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on under people's feet. Correct? When do we use salt? For food. For food? What else? When the road gets icy. Those are salt's two purposes, right? To make something taste good and to not slip and fall. Hey, you're called salt. What are your two purposes? Make food taste good. <laughs> Come on, seriously. To make things good again and to make sure people don't slip and fall. Do we understand this? We're also called light. What does light do? This is, I know, I'm earth-shattering stuff tonight so far, okay? What does light do? It illuminates. What else? Why do you have lights on the car? So you can see where you're headed, right? We're called light. What are we supposed to be doing in the world? Guiding. Guiding. Helping. Right? Yes. Lighting up the path. Saying, hey, here's Jesus. Right? Because we can only guide him so far. How far can we guide him? To Jesus. That's it. If you try to guide somebody's life, then you're being creepy. <laughs> right? You're being weird. Don't do that. Okay? So, we're called salt to make life better. Yes? And also, so people don't slip and fall. We're called light to get them to Jesus. Right? If we're not guiding people to Jesus, then we've lost our purpose. Correct? Mm -hmm. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. We've lost our complete purpose. Do you know what your purpose is? Yes. What is it? Those three things you said. Do you want me to say it again? What is it? Make life better and, uh, so, and also so that nobody else falls. And so we are to guide as well. To guide. Yeah. What's, Jaden, what's your exclusive purpose here on earth? My exclusive purpose? Exclusive, designed just for you. Amen. That you're in right now. I'm in right now? Like this current moment? Yeah. I feel like um, the Lord is kind of positioning, positioning me to help um, restore His influence in the workplaces that I've been placed in. Nice. To be completely honest. I feel like I'm moving around over and over and over again, and I, I meet people who maybe have a faith, but haven't necessarily been active in it, or haven't been seeking out the Lord in the capacity that they could be. Yes. Um, so I think that He's kind of positioned me in those places to kind of restore His light in those spaces. Cool. To renovate. What, who else wants to share? What's their exclusive? Exclusive, yeah. Uh, one, one thing that stuck with me for so long that I can't even remember. Like it so, it's so hard to remember the first night that it actually happened, but it was... God just told me, he's like, hey, your hands are meant to be, you're, you're meant to be like thunder, but in the, in the most, in the right way of, when you strike, you strike right, but you don't strike 
uh, like firing from the hip. It's not you're not striking a bunch of times when it strikes, it leaves a mark, and so you are meant to leave leave a mark of Jesus. So where when you impact, Jesus is there. Like when you see the aftermarks, all you see is Jesus. You, you see so you're lightning or thunder? Thunder. I don't get it. What do you? Because you said you strike down, but thunder doesn't strike. Oh, okay. Yeah, lightning. Sorry, I didn't know the difference. Boom. Have you never seen lightning? Thunder comes before lightning. Okay, but no, it's cool. I used to get them mixed up too. Yeah, seriously, I did. It's pathetic. Don't they happen at the same time? Yeah, not really. Lightning is shut. Yeah, but yeah. just that, that impact. And, like, I started of studied a lot more of, like, what would be the importance of it? Just, like, well, obviously lightning hits, and when it hits, there's scorch marks everywhere. And so that heat, and another thing that was brought to me was when we were talking about, it was a while before we even talked about this, but it, was, it came up again when we were talking to, uh, you know, like the shattering of glass. is like when lightning strikes sand, it becomes so hot that it turns into glass. Because when heat comes to sand it becomes glass so the Lord is using me to to create that to create it so that it is glass but he's going to strike straight through it's not going to be me the one that like shatters their world you know because that would just be completely weird if I'm the one that's shattering it's the the good news of the gospel it's gospel it's the Lord's news that completely shatters their world because when he when you hear about things like happening to me and Bryce and all these other things that are happening around us to all of us, it, it's, earth, it's it's shattering to our minds because we can't comprehend because it only sense that makes is Jesus. Gotcha. Cool. What else? I feel like uh, more of like discipleship and like mentoring. Kind of cool. Really. Just like, I don't know, more of like, yeah, I feel like me and Jane talk more than anybody. Like, constantly. I just feel like that kind of Sweet. All of us have a all of us have a purpose, right? And if we throw that out, what I'm getting at is if we throw those things out and we just let them go by the wayside, they become useless. Why do they become useless? Honestly, why does it become useless if we're not walking in what the Lord's called us to to do? Uh, Kind of what the rest of that verse says. Um, it, it is no longer good for anything except for being thrown out and trampled underfoot. And I, that's what happens. It gets trampled underfoot. It gets yeah. ground up. and It gets lost track of. Yeah. Right? If I were to throw a grain of salt out into the street, it would get lost track of. Right? We lose what direction we're headed when we don't stay aligned in the Lord. Right? If we're called salt, that means we have to stay aligned. We got to do the things that salt designed to do. Correct? Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. This isn't like earth-shattering stuff yet. Okay. So let's keep reading. Light, for verse fourteen, you are are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light. To all of the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to who? Your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. Cool. That's key, yes? 
your Father in heaven. If they are giving you glory, you're doing it wrong. You're not giving the glory that you're supposed to. Yes. If you're not pointing everything the Lord's doing for you back to Him, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. If you want to be a celebrity, take all the glory for yourself. Right? And never see somebody come to the Lord. Do you understand that? If we want just followers of myself, we're going to do it wrong. Correct? But if we want to follow Jesus, we're going to make Him really famous. Correct? Okay, so we are light. We're a city set on a hill. Take me through why we're set on a hill and why that's so important. It's a lot easier to see something lit up and then tie up. It's why lighthouse is so tall. Okay, cool. They, again, guide it. Yep, guide it back to shore, if you will, if we're using the lighthouse. What else? Why is something? Why is it significant when something's on a hill? Higher, Higher yeah. You can what? Okay, cool. We are taking about, the, we're looking at being seen more. This is a little bit dangerous, right? but I understand what you're, what you're talking about. What else? Why is it important to be on a hill? Chase, you know this, man. Why is, it, why is it good to be on a hill? Are we talking about defensive battleground? You can see everything down there. Why is that important? Defensive battleground position. Yes. It's better to have the high ground. It's better to have the high ground. Correct? Yeah. It's better to have the high ground. You can see what's coming. Correct? If I am light, I get to see what's coming. Do you understand the significance of this? Huh? You get to divert what's coming. Like darkness. Okay. Maybe. But if there is an attack coming, I get to see it before it actually hits me. If I am a city on the hill, correct? Why was it so important that Gideon and his warriors were set up high? Because they were safer. Am I talking Chinese right now? What's going on? They're safer, right? They could see what what attack was coming, right? They could see what was going to come at them, right? If there were flaming arrows coming at them, they had to shoot not only uphill, but they had to probably get close enough so that they could actually reach. Yes? But we are a city on a hill. So yes, we get to light everything, and that's good. People get to see us. That's good. But we also illuminate darkness. Right? If I'm a city on a hill, I illuminate darkness. It actually has to flee. Do you understand this? You are light, therefore darkness cannot stand in your presence. I don't know if I can say it any other way so that I get eyes raised up or something in this room. Darkness has to flee. Do you understand this? That's what light does. If I shut off these lights, darkness would happen, correct? It's not like we would get attacked by the, the devil. It's not what I'm saying. But in a sense, if I am not being light, I'm opening up the door to that. Correct? Maybe. 
If I'm spending time with the Lord, who is the Father of lights, we know this, right? Therefore, I'm a child of light. Therefore, I have to light up all of the darkness. Yes? If this room was dark right now and I lit a and I turned on the light, it would light up that space. Correct? That's what we are called to do. We're called to light up spaces. Like, it's almost this picture of fireflies chasing you around in the night. Correct? That's what we are called to be in this darkness. And if we get enough together, we can light up a whole room. If we get enough together, we can light up a whole city. If we get enough together, we can light up a whole state. You get my point here? Yeah. Right? If we walk in the light, darkness has to flee. Not just in the sense of physical darkness, but supernatural, spiritual darkness. It has to go. We talked last week about how that demon-possessed man ran up to Jesus when he crossed shore, right? We illuminate it. Right? What did that demon say? Please don't send me too far. Right? Please don't send me too far. The demon-possessed man cut himself with rocks. All that. Yes. We are legion kind of thing. Yes? Do you understand what I'm getting at? This is huge. Have you guys ever thought of it in this way? No. Maybe in a roundabout way of just like, oh, cool, I'm cold to light up. Nice. And oh, that sounded weird coming out of my mouth. I saw Fireflies? No. Do you understand what I'm getting at, though? I, I think of like, because of Win Dixie. Have you guys seen that movie? Nope. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies. It really is. It's a great it's movie. Dog. Very cute. Yes. Not gonna do that. But it's it. It kind of reminds me of that kind of scenery of like that little girl running around collecting fireflies in this jar so that she could light up a space, right? Do you understand this? Yeah. Yes? Okay, let's keep on going. Oh, actually, I think that's it. The lightning yeah, it was like, that was also part of this. Huh? Oh, oh wow. Lightning is really, really, really bright. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I want to kind of shift gears. Of, okay, if we are called to be salt and light, does that mean that we can truly be balanced people? Yeah. Does it truly mean if I'm balanced, I just kind of blend in? I can't be. Correct? Let me define balanced because everybody's looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese tonight. If I'm balanced, I can kind of blend in, right? If, I, if this is balanced in the Lord, I blend in, correct? Then if I go over here, I'm a radical. I can't blend in anymore, correct? If I go over here, then I just, like I'm not even with the Lord, right? So those are the two extremes. I want to call us into being a little bit more radical for Jesus, can I go this far? Yeah. Okay. And what I mean by this is like, if I want it, I'm going to go get it. If I want darkness to flee because I am a child of light, I'm going to go after that. Right? 
If I want to be fulfilling the purpose that the Lord's called me into, I'm going to walk in, in my saltiness, if you will. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to make the world a better place wherever I go. Yeah. Right? Does this make sense? You know what's sad? Huh? I wouldn't call any of that radical at all. I think it's only radical because of the uh, lack of obedience that we've kind of developed. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to redefine it, you know? I know. That's all. I know. I'm just trying to redefine it. I want to make radicalism of Christianity turn into just a word called obedience and just what it means to follow Jesus, right? That's exactly. That's what it's supposed to be. But, hey, we're talking... I know. I just like it. I know. It breaks my heart, too, and that's why we're talking about it tonight. Okay? So, Jesus is not balanced. Let me tell you a story. You might think this is really weird. But one time I was in a, a, a worship setting, and uh, it, was, it was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. I, I could, like, taste the glory on my tongue if I, ta- if I started chewing. You know, it was, that kind of, that was, it was that thick in the room. You know, you guys ever experienced something similar to that? Probably here, you know. I'm just joking. <laughs> but it was just so thick. I could have like taken the air and taken a chunk out of it. It was just so filled with glory. You know, it, it reminded me in, it, like of that story in the Old Testament where the temple was so full of the Lord that it pushed all the people out. Right? It was that thick. You couldn't stand to stand in there. And it was just like I could literally fall over right now and I wouldn't, I wouldn't truly fall over because it's that thick. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like the presence of the Lord was so full in that space that He was so pleased in that space that it was just a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. Yes? Okay. So, and forgive me for this, okay? Um, There was this gentleman in front of me and he was very distracting to me. It's very distracting to my worship. Because I've ever been distracted in worship? Like, man, that guy's just way too loud. That guy's just doing something really, right? We've probably all been there. I get it. I, I, I care so much about atmosphere. I really do. I'm like an atmosphere snob. I really am. If you're messing with my atmosphere, I, I, I get distracted, right? Um, it's something that the Lord is fixing in me, so don't worry. <laughs> but... This man was very distracting. He was jumping, dancing. And then at one point, he literally got up on his tippy toe and started spinning like a ballerina. I think I know this. Did you yell at a guy that had uh, mental things? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. No, this is not mental. This is... It's just his expression of, I see, we're already getting judgy in here, right? The thing is, he was spinning. That was his expression in worship. And it distracted me. It really did. I'm like, why? What the heck is that? Like, what are you doing, dude? Right? But, like, he didn't stop for a really, really long time. And I got to thinking of, like, man, how, how jacked up am I? How jacked up am I? That this guy is pouring out his heart, expressing himself to the Lord, and I'm getting distracted by how, how dedicated and worshipped this man is. He wasn't ruining the atmosphere in the place, right? He was just 
over and over and over again. It seemed like 30 minutes, which, first of all, super impressive. Again, I couldn't do it. I, I know dancers who couldn't do that. I know that's an extreme story, but this guy was not, quote-unquote, balanced. Right? But do you think he was thinking of what I was thinking of him? He did not give a crap what I was thinking. He didn't. What if we were to position our heart in that manner? I don't give a crap what you're doing in the room. All I care about is Jesus. Right? Because if we say, quote-unquote, balanced, right? And again, just journey with me. If I say, quote-unquote, balanced people have a cup of coffee in their hands and are there. Correct? Is going, going through the flow. I don't know about you guys, but if I was standing in front of the Lord Almighty in heaven, I don't think I could have my coffee in my hands. As much as I love coffee, I couldn't do that. What would I do? What would you do face-to-face with God Almighty? We're going to talk about worship for a little bit here, okay? What would you do, truly? Put, your play, put yourself there. Shut your eyes. Shut your eyes. Seriously, do it right now. Shut your eyes. What would you do? Picture this scene. You're standing. Lord is up on his throne. He said, hey, you just made it up here. And what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a reverence guy, right? Some people are a celebration person, right? Some people are jumping, screaming, taking laps around the throne. Maybe that's kind of like David, right? That's what I believe David would do in Scripture. He would literally take laps around the throne. I I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. But, yeah, he's probably still running, right? Hey, if I was next to another individual right in front of God Almighty, hey, are you with me? If I was next to some person, some quote-unquote distracting person, would they mess with me at that point? I was, I, God Almighty, it's right here. But they're doing twirly twirls. Why are they doing that? But do I care? Right? Do you get my point here? I think if we took our worship to that level, everything would change. I don't care about the person behind me. I don't care about the person in front of me. I don't even care about the guy leading me in worship because I'm going to lead myself into worship because God Almighty is standing right in front of me. What if we were to worship in that manner? Uh, You won't be very, quote-unquote, balanced at that point. Right? You won't be very balanced at that point. Some people might call that radical. Right? Right? But no, we're too worried about how we sound if we're too loud in front of everybody else. And maybe the list goes on, right? If I hold my hands up too long, can the person see the words behind me? You know, We all have these thoughts. Or I hope my fart doesn't slip out. (laughs) Seriously, like this is what we get caught up on. 
Instead, God Almighty is standing right in front of us and saying, what are you doing? Right? He's literally saying, what are you doing? Are you even worshiping me? I think if we worshiped in that manner, it would be completely different. Let me take it a step further. If Jesus was standing right next to you and somebody was in a wheelchair, what would you do? Let me rewind, actually. We're in a we're in a, 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 in a in a Jesus meeting, and somebody rolls in with a wheelchair here. What do we do? Say, well, let me over-examine this. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to really focus on you. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Right? We go through this thought. Like, do I really pray for this person? Oh, my reputation's on the line. What if I'm wrong? Oh, my gosh. Right? You guys resonate with this at all, or are you just way holier than me? Yes? Like, seriously. But then, set the scene again. Jesus is right next to you. Yes? Then how do you approach that? How do you approach it? Do you look to Jesus? Say, what do you want to do? And Jesus, let's kind of game plan. How? What are you going to say? You know, like... Or do you say, Jesus, let's, let's get involved here. Because I guarantee Jesus' hand is already on them. Before you even could lift up your arm. Because you were already examining it. Right? Do we understand this? What if we carried ourselves in that manner? Of Jesus actually being right by us. Right next to us. Just like he was with the disciples. How would we approach things? How would we approach decisions in our lives? We would rely on Him, right? There's, there's two ways of life. A way of life or a way of death. Right? Did you know that when they um, went to, back in the day, when they went to kill somebody and they didn't want to do the public display, they would actually tie a dead person to them. Do you understand this? They would tie a dead person to them. Why? Because it would end up killing them at some point. Right? Because the diseases off of the dead person would slowly leak into them. Right? We are called to actual life. And that's when Jesus is tied directly to us. Right? If we want to be tied to death, then just keep on, you know, doing nothing. But if we are called to life, then we we get tied up in Jesus. Right? Because he can't die. Do we understand this? This is huge. This is why we do water baptism. Right? Putting the, the dead man to death, coming up as the new creation. Correct? This is the way it goes. And then I'm going to do you one more, Jesus says, and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to live inside of you. This is, um, yeah, amazing, but we still act like he's just not with us. And we approach ailments and, and, and things in life and over-examine them and say, well, let me put my logic around it. Let me formulate this equation so it all makes sense. We do this, correct? 
But Jesus went out of his way to say, I'm going to send Holy Spirit so I can continue what I already did on earth. Do you understand that's why he did that? Do we actually understand that? It's not like Jesus said, well, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit so I don't want anything else to happen on earth. That doesn't make sense. That's that. I don't get that logic. It doesn't make sense to me. If you've adopted that logic, please try to explain it to me. Right? I don't get it. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit because I don't want to advance my kingdom anymore. And I don't want to work in power anymore. That doesn't make sense. He said, no, no, don't cling to me. Cling to Holy Spirit because he's got big plans for you. Right? The apostles got this, correct? They got it. They understood it. They didn't have Jesus standing right next to them. But they understood the infilling of the Holy Spirit has to change the way we walk. Correct? Their hunger changed the way they walk, right? Does this make sense so far? I want us to position ourselves differently in worship. And you know, we get how to worship. Almost. (laughs) Almost, right? We've got a culture of worship here. But I don't think we fully understand what we're doing. Because when we worship, it says in the scripture, we enthrone him with our praise. You see that picture? That's how we worship. That's how we're supposed to worship. We have a culture of worship here, but we still haven't grasped that. Right? Because when I stop singing, everybody else gets quieter. I'm just worshiping. So are you. I'm not leading you into worship. I don't know what that really means. I don't get that. I really don't. If you want to be a worship leader, I, I can't show you how to be a worship leader. I really can't. I don't, I don't understand it. All I know how to do is worship the Lord. Right? But if we, if we take that mentality, then, yeah, I guess people follow along with the, the songs we're singing. I want to shatter that. I want to shatter it tonight. If you don't like the song that we're singing, great. Sing a different song. <laughs> okay? Like, honestly. I don't care if you're singing the same song as me. The Lord's put a song on your heart. And He's actually singing over you. Right? So you're hearing a song. Right? Whether it's my song that I'm singing or the song that He's singing over you. Do you understand this? Yeah. I don't care if you sing along with me. That does not prop up my ego. Right? I just want you singing unto the Lord. I want you worshiping and praising the Lord. And that's what He wants too. Correct? Like if you're just, you're following along with me, man, you're just following along with a really jacked up human also. You understand that? If you don't like the song, sing a different one. If you don't know the song, sing one you do know. If you can't think of a song, come up with something else. Right? There's multiple times in this place where we just sang, I love you, Jesus, over and over again. Right? Oh, that's a song. Make it into a song. It doesn't have to sound pretty. He says, make a joyful noise. Yes? Does this make sense? This is beautiful, right? 
I want to shatter this mentality of, oh, well, the worship leader's singing that. That's why we don't have words on the screen. I don't want you following along with some words. Right? If I control your worship, you're not worshiping. Did you hear me? If I control your worship, you're not worshiping. If you go to another church and that guy controls your worship, I'm sorry, you're not worshiping. Period. Game, set, and match. Right? Does this make sense? And if you don't have that freedom in that place, be careful. Be careful what you're dipping your toes into. Okay? I'm, I'm being honest tonight. Is that okay? I'm just being really honest tonight. I, you can get sucked up into systems so fast. You can get sucked up into worship pastors who just want to be famous. You can get sucked up into it. I got sucked up into it. I did. And I was one of those guys who was on the stage waiting for you to sing along with me. I was. He did. I wish everybody could hear this. Everybody in America could hear this. If somebody on stage is controlling your worship, you're not worshiping who you're supposed to. Okay? Sing a new song unto the Lord, the Bible says. You guys know that? Isn't that beautiful? Sing a new song unto the Lord. Right? And if repetitive songs piss you off, I'm sorry, heaven's going to be really boring. It says angels just sing over and over and over again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Amen. Forever. Amen. Sorry. That's all they sing. Are you okay with that? Because if you're not okay with that, maybe you don't want to go to heaven. <laughs> like, honestly, if, that, if, you get, if you could get sick of saying that, be careful. Be careful. Even if your worship is just that, every single Thursday when we gather, every single Sunday when you gather. Are you raising your hand? Yeah. <laughs> are you? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh... No, finish, finish what I'm finished now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Until I go into my next thing, I don't know what it is um, yet. It's something I told um, when you were talking about us being tied to um, the dead person. Yeah. Um, it's just something that hit me that I've never really thought about, and it's how natural tone it is. Okay. Um, how unnatural death is. Okay. Um, and it's, the, the way I think of it is, you know, naturally built to um, pray something, right? Just as humans, we're always trying to make a god or something. Um, if that's a wolf or whatever. Um, but when you, um, so if we're naturally built to want to have a god of some kind, um, and then we're also if God is um, give us eternity, that means that's also natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? um, What's the way He planned it at the beginning of time? Yeah, and so it 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 doesn't it hasn't really hit me as like oh that's just something that's just ale. Yeah. As as much as ale is, um, and it, to reject God 
um, and how natural that is, it's also to inject something like ale. Yeah. Um, and breath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's what's natural? We made on or what should be natural? We made unnatural. Yeah. As it turned into human time. And so think of it as something not to work for, but something to become um, consistent, like getting rid of asthma. Almost we're all built with natural asthma. Like we're just getting rid of it. Yeah. No, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's it's the way the Lord intended it from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. You think God wanted separation from us? No. No, He did not want that. Does He still want that? No. That'd be silly, right? Okay. Now I want to transition into prayer. How do we? as quote-unquote radical Christians, pray. As if Jesus is sitting next to us. Right? Just because it's hard for me to grasp in my, in my logic of Holy Spirit actually indwelling me, it's the biggest miracle of, all of, of the entire universe, I believe, is that Holy Spirit indwells me. Right? It's easier for me to envision that Jesus is next to me. In just my complete honesty. Right? I, I agree that he infills me. Don't get me wrong on that. It's just hard for me to wrap my mind around because I'm still human. Correct? So if I were to pray in a manner of Jesus next to me, what would that look like? Yeah. I don't know why I'm in my head. Yeah, neither do I. Um, <laughs> since school, um, it's the way I've thought about it for a while now. It's something I'm constantly looking at is I don't want prayer to be this extravagant thing. Um, the, what, I, what I feel like I was called to was to have prayer um, be not a seclusive thing that I do at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or nighttime. It's, it's a daily, infinite conversation. I don't, need to, I don't need to start it with a dear God and a amen every time. Yep. It's, it's, just, it's just a conversation that I get to have Yep. Yeah. Scripture says, pray without unceasing. What? Pray without ceasing. Yeah. Same. Did I say it wrong? Unceasing. I put two negatives. Scripture says, keep on praying. (laughs) That's what it says, right? It says, always pray. Keep on praying. Always. Well, if we're truly, like, unified with the Father, then it's not our words, but it's His words. So, then, if you're, if you're taking the analogy of Jesus being right next to you while you're praying for somebody, you should be saying the same thing because He's saying We better be. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, we better be. Because what does 1 John 3 say? Something about praying the Spirit, I assume? Nope. <laughs> Christ through me. Christ through me. Correct? If Christ is living through me, we better sound a lot alike. Right? I mean, Jesus didn't embellish in his prayers. Right? Actually warned us against that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good word. He made fun of it. He said, don't do that. Going on and on and on and on. Yeah. Just, just, just 
like get to the point. Rip, yeah, rip yeah. Was Jesus was like, uh, <laughs> oh, rambling. Yeah. How did Jesus pray? Hey, can, 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 can you do this? But it's okay. Like the way I think of it, is the Garden of Eden, uh, Garden of what? Uh, I can't, Eden. Yeah, you're right. Garden of Eden. Yeah. How did Jesus pray? Answer that first. Yeah. Oh, come on. How did he pray? Like, what were some of his words? Huh? Be healed. Yes. What else? Okay. Keep going. On earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Hallowed be your name. Yes. What else? How else did he pray? Take heart, my son, your son, your sins are forgiven. Okay, short, sweet, to the point. What else did he say? Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Right? He commanded. Right? You guys get my point here? If we understand how Jesus prayed, then we should, we should probably maybe study that a little more. How did Jesus pray? Right? Hey, this week, study that. Every single thing that Jesus said is in red in most Bibles. Read it. Go through your Gospels. Read all of the red. But if we were only saying those words, like, if, and if we just, like, say those words, it doesn't, like, it's not the words that he said, it's, it's because of his intimacy with the Father, you know? Well, yeah. So if we don't have that intimacy, then we can't go up to somebody and say, pick up your mat and go home, and just say that, and then yes. feel if we're not intimate with the Lord. But, like I said earlier, First John 3 says, Christ through me. Mm-hmm. And Christ can only live through me if I have intimacy with him, Correct. I can't just have these magical potions of, oh, here's a catchphrase Jesus said. Let's try it. No, that's not the way it works. It's not a, it's not a Harry Potter spell. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's literally, and if that was copyright, we'd be doing it wrong anyway because he spoke Aramaic. Exactly. Well, you need to learn Aramaic. But you're copying is what you're doing. You're not even doing it's, it. Um, it goes, you're kind of like, bar Jesus, is he trying to do the actions, but exactly. he didn't do any of it. Yeah. Way. Exactly. Do you understand that darkness knows the Lord? Yeah. He knows him pretty well. Do you guys understand that? I was going to fear. Right? Sadly, sometimes more than we Probably more. Well, right? It's enough to twist scriptures. Yeah. Just like when Jesus was in the desert and being tempted. He twisted scripture. Correct? Satan was a fallen angel. Yes, exactly. So the bottom line is, we have to know the word so that we can combat false word. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because I could twist anything and try to make you believe it. I could. Right? Stop it. (laughs) I could. Right? Like that verse, what is it? He gives me the desires of my heart, something yeah, like that. 
Right? Some people misuse that verse. Do you understand that? It's misuse. But if you know the word, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be aligned with the Lord and my desires become his desires. So then, oh, okay. And you got to know the character of the Lord. Okay, so we understand how to worship the way we're supposed to now, correct? Stay focused. I don't care that the dog's walking around. Okay? Stay focused. Mm-hmm. We understand what it's supposed to be like when we worship. Yes? We understand how we are supposed to pray. Yes? yes. Both of these things are only achieved by intimacy. Correct? Yes. Don't get me wrong in any of this. Yes? yes? Okay? The last thing is, when we want Jesus, what do we do? I said it earlier, if you were listening. We go after Him. Yes? Right? Who are people... In Scripture, who went after Jesus? Paul. The human Jesus. Did they? Everyone, wherever he went. Did the disciples actually, quote-unquote, go after Jesus when they had their first encounter with him? Uh, no, the fishy dude didn't really like him. Well... They followed him, right? But were they like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to run after him. No. He came to them, correct? Yeah. Who were the people that ran after Jesus? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Thank you. Golly, come on. Zacchaeus, right? He ran after Jesus. He went out of his way. Who's another one? The bleeding woman. Yes? Touch the garment of Jesus. Hey, is that balanced? No. No. That's being crazy. Perfumed his feet. Yes. Correct? Zacchaeus climbed a tree. We ripped off a roof. Yes? They literally dismantled a roof. Are you hungry enough to see Jesus in that banner? Where some people might say, no, that man, that's way too radical. Are we hungry enough to do that? Do you guys get my point tonight? Yeah. Climb a tree? No, I'm afraid of heights. No, I'm just a woman. I can't even touch a Jewish man. That's the law back then. Do we know this? Yeah, she was unclean, correct? She went out of her way. She put it all on the line and said, I'm going to touch this guy. Wasn't there a dad that, like, his daughter was sick? Oh, yeah. He was just like, hey, you need to come now. Like, I don't really care what you're doing. Help my unbelief guy? Yeah. Feel it's no, because well, oh, Jesus went and everyone's like, no, she died. And he was like, hey, she, she's, she's sleeping. Just asleep. Yeah, that's help. Yeah, he brought her back to life. That's what Jesus did. That's not somebody going out of the way. He gave up already, correct? Do we know the word? He gave up away already. He's, uh, she's already dead, yeah. right? Oh, What's another person? Would it be the, the blind guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus. He's like, be quiet. Right? The whole entire crowd told him to shut up. And then he got all the louder. Are we hungry enough? Are we hungry enough? Does our hunger... Does that creep out of? Does that make me uneasy? Right? Does any of that stuff make me feel uneasy? Would I be willing enough to climb on a roof, rip 
cut a chunk out of somebody's $10,000 roof and drop somebody in knowing, would I have that? Do I have that kind of faith? Do I have that kind of faith? We have to ask ourselves. Because if we have that kind of faith, we're radical and we're going to see the Lord show up. Do we understand this? Yeah. Right? He told the woman at the well, hey, do you want to thirst never again? Right? She never did again. Do we understand this? He has that capability. He has it. The same spirit that made water pour out of a rock is still active today in your life. He's sufficient. He's sufficient enough. Do we understand this? This is huge. If we latch onto this and if our hunger surpasses all understanding, oh my gosh, get ready. You better always have your shoes on because the Lord's always going to want to use you. Right? He's always going to want to use you. Why? Because he's attracted to hungry people. He's attracted to that. He's attracted to obedience. Do we understand this? This is huge. Exactly. Prayer is commanding and feels the kill of commandment. Prayer is commanding and feels the kill of commandment. Yeah. If we if we're if we're not walking in full faith, we're walking in full fear. Yeah. You understand that? <clears throat> if you're not walking in full faith, you're walking in full fear. Or you're walking in doubt. Whatever it might be. We're called to walk by faith and to be salt and light. It's the only way we can be salt and light is by walking by faith. Does this make sense? So what do we do now? We go back to our normal selves and show up next Tuesday and say, well, all right, it's worship time. Or how do we walk through that door next Tuesday? Yeah, maybe that's for you, right? How do we walk in the door? Because if we say, the Lord is omnipresent, that means He's everywhere. What do we do then? We walk in the stories and testimonies. Okay, cool. How do we worship? Give up care for what everybody else thinks and start focusing on what the Lord thinks. Yeah. Just stop caring about worldly desires and get a little sense. Yeah. Just enjoy it. <laughs> If I'm thinking about the fear that I had yesterday and I'm trying to worship the Lord at the same time, (laughs) what? What does that mean? I don't even understand how that works. It doesn't work. If I'm thinking about so-and-so that's not related to the Lord and I'm trying to worship him at the same time, it does not work. I want full attention on the Lord when we worship. Mm -hmm. Over my life, over your life, over every single person's life. Correct? Okay. Now, how do we pray next time we meet? With the full commandment. Full confidence knowing that the Lord is in us. So therefore, we can do what He did. Yeah. Get on the same page as Him. Right? 
I have this dream. I have this dream. <laughs> I'm serious. I literally have this dream of people just knowing that the Lord works here. And bringing ailment after ailment to this place. And knowing that it'll leave. I want it to hold that capacity. The same anointing Jesus had in that moment where they ripped open the roof, I want that same anointing here. I have that dream. I want people from other nations to come to this place called the home because they know that the Lord will meet them here. Is that also tragic? Yes. But I want that obedience, that anointing here. Do you guys? Do you guys want that same anointing to follow you wherever you go? Or is it just a special sauce that we drip on the home? Huh? That would be the sad part. That's the sad part. I want the home to not be just a building. Yeah. It's a juggernaut. It's everywhere. Yes. That's what that's what the apostles did. Do you understand that? Yeah. They gathered so that they could pump each other up, and then they went to all the surrounding cities. Right? We go to the same size places that the apostles went to called cities. Because <laughs> there's more of us now, right? Do you guys understand this? Some cities are Walmart. Some cities are every single house that you step foot on. Some cities are, uh, where do you work? Shoot. The four-wheel parts place. Yeah. Some cities are that. Some cities are the basketball court. Right? Do we understand this? This is the way it works. If God is for us, nothing can stand against us. You're called light. A city on a hill called to illuminate darkness and watch it flee. Watch this. Watch this. See how dark it is? This is what we're called to do. Watch it flee. Is that enough of a picture for you? Okay, here. Darkness. Right? And watch it flee. That's the way it goes. That's what you are called to be. Correct? Why? Because Christ is living through you. Yes? Have I beat this horse into the ground yet? Because Christ is living through you. Yeah. I'm sick of trying to be balanced in this world. I want to be radical. I want to leave my ego behind, everything behind, so that I can follow Jesus on a whole other level. Do you want the same? Yes? Where we, where we don't get caught up in fear, where we just know that it's going to go away. Where we don't get concerned about friends anymore, we just take the stance of, nope, Jesus, you're going to show up on this. Because you don't want to see your son or daughter go through that. Right? What if we took that stance in everything? What if we dug our heels in on some things and said, no, I'm not moving this platform until that darkness flees? Right? When we worship, we enthrone the Lord over our lives. If we do it properly, correct? Yes? 
we enthrone the Lord over our lives. The next thing is, when Christ lives through us, we pray differently. Yes? We pray differently. We take a different stance when we see darkness. We say, who are you? Right? Or, what do you want? Right? That's what Jesus said. And then, boom, we demand it to leave in Jesus' name. Right? That's the way it goes. So when that stuff comes in front of us, we say, okay, bye in Jesus' name. Right? We all know in this room that it happens. We all know. Right? And that's why I love that song that we sang tonight. Uh, that uh, heart and hand song. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Now I can't go back. Right? It's essentially what that chorus says. Oh, it's just beautiful. My eyes have been opened. I can't unsee. Right? Yeah. That's who we are. Your eyes have been opened. I'm sorry. You're now accountable for what you've heard tonight. Because it's from the Holy Spirit. It really is. It really, really is. Okay? You guys with me? Let's turn up the volume a little bit more. Right? I know it's already loud in here when we worship, but I want to turn it up more. Because not everybody's worshiping at the same time. They're waiting for the next song because it doesn't fit their worship. Quote-unquote worship. Right? You are your worship leader. Right? Huh? Would you be silent if Jesus was in the room? You couldn't be. Well, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But it would be a different posture, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not where your heart is at. It would be a completely different posture. Either you're celebrating and revering, <laughs> enthroning kind of thing, right? It's the way it goes. That's how our worship is. Okay. I'm sick of just being in awe and wonder every once in a while. And that's because we're not seeing enough signs and wonders. Okay? Cool? I creep anybody out tonight? Just you? <laughs> yeah. Well, at the end of the day... I would not be doing what I'm called to do if I'm not making you think of things differently. Okay? So you can either kind of reject me for that or you can buy into it because I truly, truly, truly believe that the Lord is operating this entire meeting tonight and every single time we gather. Right? No agendas here. Just Holy Spirit, what do you want? Right? Yep. It's the way it goes. It's His meeting. It's not my meeting. It's not your meeting. <laughs> right? Your, your picture's not up there. Right? It's not the way it goes. <laughs> it's not the way it goes. Right? Your, your, your symbol is not... You get what I'm saying? Right? If this was designed after you, I'm not, I'm not a part of it. I'd be out. Right? It goes back to what we were talking about last week of Jesus isn't involved in it. I don't want to be a part of it. If we take that stance, then we're, we're going to be okay. Right? Jesus isn't involved in it. I don't want to be a part of it. Cool? Nice. Well, let me, um, yeah, let me pray.
Lord, thank you for who you are. Lord, I pray that this would stick with us for the rest of our lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would brand us with this message of how to worship you, how to pray, and how to be hungry for you. Lord, I pray that we would not forget this, that we would be marked the rest of our lives of a people who actually worship, a people who actually want to see encounter, and a people who are hungry for you to move on this earth. Lord, I pray that we would not get just into the ebbs and flows of life, but that we would always be seeking you and seeking your guidance so that we can be completely obedient in everything that you're calling us to. Lord, we praise you that you are a God who cares, that you're a God who cares and wants to be a part of our lives, not just up directing our lives. So Lord, I pray that you would take the reins and that there would be a spirit of surrender in this place and a spirit of lordship in this place and that you would ah, just, that you would just anoint us with obedience and anoint us with purpose so that we can't go anywhere else but you. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for pouring out your blood so that we could even have this conversation tonight. Thank you for raising from the dead so that we could even have this conversation tonight. Thank you for not just being another man, but the Son of Man. But Jesus, Yahweh, Messiah. Thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen.